Happens is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Well, hey, everybody. Ah, that's laugh track. That's laugh track in the back. We should have teched this out before the thing. Uh, how's it going, Kevin? It's, it's going good. It's going good. I've had a, a crazy couple weeks, but, you know, we're, we're back to normal now. Uh, laugh track. You're back to normal now. Yeah. Well, you know what's not back to normal? My freaking pants size. Blah, laugh track. And boy, howdy, have I had a rough week. My boss has been riding me all night without a saddle. Blah. This sucks. This sucks. Why do we do this? You know, every time, every time in this last two weeks, which feels like a lot more. I don't know why it does. Ugh. Maybe because I've been uh, temporally destabilized. But every week I'm in like, fuck, Kevin, come on. What the fuck? I have so much to talk about. And then when I start to actually think about what to talk about, I'm like, I have nothing to talk about. What the fuck are we? What would we even do a show about? Um, and that happened twice, apparently. <laughs> it felt like it happened a lot more times. <laughs> but I don't know. I just... Uh, man i just i i don't know uh you know all all of these podcasts are bad and all these podcasts i'm like man this is gonna suck but this time it's for real this is gonna be really bad i uh i texted ridley and i'm gonna we're gonna see if we can't get him on next week on the show um hopefully but uh you know then then it can be back to being good so feel free to turn this off come back next week um but until then we got a filler episode tonight is what Spencer's saying. I mean, a filler episode might be better. Although I don't know a lot of the, when, when I make, when I cut those clip shows, people are like, people are always like, man, <laughs> Jeff sure sucks. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I, I really like, uh, you know, I'm the one pulling the clips. So we're pulling clips of Jeff saying stuff. And I think it's funny and, and cool and interesting and stuff. And then people are like, man, the show's so much better when it's just Spencer talking about his, uh, talking about his ass. <laughs> you know, we love talking about my ass on the podcast, so let's keep it up. I think I talked about this in the past um, where I thought I got food poisoning, but maybe what actually happened is I just ate some really bad food and then didn't eat for long enough that my stomach just like needed to perform a hard reset so i was just like shitting and vomiting for like three days and then it was fine and then uh but you know who knows i had another one of those speaking of my ass and it was so bad i went to uh urgent care at some point because it's like i don't know man this is too many days for this to be happening <laughs> and they gave me medicine but by the time they gave me medicine i was already actually feeling better i was just really worried i don't know my worry is always that i'll just die like i'll just drop dead because i shit too much water out or whatever because you know dysentery be killing people that's like a big cause of death worldwide is dysentery and i don't know how that works i don't know you'd think that you could just keep drinking water and then you don't die but uh i don't think it works like that i think if you have dysentery you don't absorb the water you just shit it out i don't know Great talk. Great way to start the podcast. All, it's a great follow-up to our excellent introduction bit. Um, boy, howdy. So we haven't had a show in two weeks. What's up, Kevin? What's up with you? I, I got a little sick. Um, I, I won't go into too many gross details, but I was also like vomiting a lot. And then for some reason, 
that triggered hiccups and i don't oh, mean man. like little girly hic- kind of hiccups i mean like feeling like someone was just punching me in the stomach randomly like there wow. was no warning there was no like i could just be walking all of a sudden i would just like fall over from mm-hmm. the violence of it and um at some point during all of that i somehow gave myself an abdominal hernia um the hiccups were too strong huh i that's exactly kind of what we think happened um especially because like i didn't sleep for two days and towards the end of it i was sort of like drifting in and out of being coherent and probably what was happening was my muscles were going limp completely and then really hard back on the hiccup right and something you know a little piece of intestine just got pinched in there in between the muscles and that's kind of painful i i'm not gonna lie so you did get a confirmed hernia or whatever it was confirmed yes Yes. fuck it um what a great joke for the great uh speech for the great intro of the podcast um so is it normally those get repaired right but some of them do does it ever clear up on its own well what they told me was about 90 percent of this kind just heal by themselves Mm mm-hmm the only thing you have to watch out for is if, if more of it falls kind of on the wrong side of your, because you have these muscles that just hold everything in and right. a little piece is sneaked out. Normally, I, I, this is a little gross, but like the outside of your intestines is mostly fat. And that little bit can just get pinched off and just your body knows how to deal with that and it's, everything's fine. The only problem is like if a major blood vessel gets trapped in there and then cut off, that causes a bunch of tissue death and then you have to res- get surgery real fast. So they basically said, as long as it's feeling better on its own, which it has been, just don't do anything. Just, you know, if all of a sudden you feel like you're dying, just, just come in though, because that, that can, it can change real fast. Right. And didn't you say they prescribed you a corset (laughs) to keep everything? No, that's just, that's just my own personal. (laughs) Yeah. Those pictures were just for you, Spencer. Oh, thank you. Uh, you know, I really value you and your contribution to the show. And my spank bank, hell yeah. Um, so I, the thing is, no one fucking cares. No one's like, oh my god, there was no show. People are like, oh my god, there's no show. Thank God. Oh my god, I was gonna have to listen to another hour, twelve minutes of this. Do you think but, there's someone out there making people listen to this show? Like, yeah, jigsaw. criminal gangs go around and like gather people up, <laughs> kind of like Haven't you, you know, saw kind of X. Thing. It's a big subplot of Saw X. <laughs> if you if you want to live you have to listen to three episodes of that happens and they're like nah just (laughs) just like rip my head off of my jaw or whatever the fuck or send rats into my eyes i think is the new one and this that's like one of the big ones in the new one is there's like hamster tubes that go into your eyes it's like these rats have been trained on a diet of eyeballs for 60 years (laughs) And given artificial life lengthening surgery treatments. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, why do I want to do the podcast? That's the question. If this is all that happens, I guess what I'm imagining is me getting really good at doing a podcast and then being really good and like planning things and coming up with stuff. And then I just get here and I'm like, what? what's all this for and i'm forcing other people to do this like it's like i don't know because i'm a completionist you're not you know? forcing anyone to do anything though 
but that's the thing is i'm a completionist i i i listen to stuff just to get it done like sometimes i just got to rip through my podcast queue uh just to clear it you know and i gotta imagine there's some people that are like that where they're like oh a new episode came out better listen to it and it's more like that than it is excitement or also even if it is excitement it, tur- it quickly turns to dread and revulsion you know? yeah yep. i don't know Ugh. but all of this to say if you did miss the podcast which you didn't no one cares uh it's kevin's fault it's not my fault it was it was my fault for there was no show not suspense i don't blame him which i don't know it doesn't matter it's 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 this thing where it's like in my mind i'm like oh people are going to be pissed oh spencer uh supports israel people are going to be pissed and again like the real thing is like no it would be great if someone cared enough to be pissed like no one gives a shit no one loves me i'm gonna die um let's read some emails (laughs) I thought it could be good to, uh, I don't know, I, we got soda that we wanted to try, and we, we have some emails, it's been a bit, so I thought maybe we could just like front load with, with that shit, you know what I'm saying? Sounds like a good idea. Yeah, speaking of soda, do you have to go get the soda? I could. Read yes, I will, I'll do that when you read the first email. I could read it, then I could read it to you again when you come back. Oh, really, Phil, sometime, alright, I'll be right back. Uh, okay what that's yeah i mean why would i read it twice uh i guess i could just fill time until kevin gets back it's kevin i looked at his uh chest x-rays and stuff he doesn't have an abdominal hernia he's making that up um i mean you do have a hernia (laughs) you didn't make anything up um anyway let's let's get to the first one i'm gonna try and scan this one really Okay, this one's good. Um, Okay, so Marshall writes, Hello, Spencer. As you might imagine, I was both shocked and appalled at the accusatory and disparaging comments made about me on your show by Real Abed, implying I'm somehow a fake Marshall. I've been marshalling people my whole life. I didn't ask for this name. It is both a gift and a curse. But Abed implying I'm fake and saying I missed uh, the mark by calling me Mischel. My last name is literally Hitchell, y'all. That's right. Marshall Hitchell is my name. (laughs) I don't miss. I hit. In fact, if anyone would have noticed the date of my email, it was sent the Friday before Spencer recorded the podcast about that very subject. It was such an on-time hit. I assumed Spencer read my email and was talking about it on the show and just refusing to mention me, which I was fine with believing, until I got real Abed calling me out as a fake. Real Abed calling me a fake Marshall? That seems feels like a weird projection. Like maybe real Abed isn't the real Abed. I don't want to go there, but maybe Danny Pudi is the better Abed. So respectfully, suck on that real in parentheses, but not as good Abed. P.S. Shout out to Gasnod, always killing it with the audio drops. Love the new email intro. Yeah, thanks, uh, Gasnod. Also, uh, P.P.S. I may have been too stoned to write this email. If so, disregard. I don't know, Marshall. I think it was good. I think it was a good email uh i think we should have marshall on and real abed on at the same time and then you and me could just leave and (laughs) see what happens uh one two podcast guests enter and one leaves uh and the other uh, usually there's like some sort of undercut pit bit about uh and then the other one leaves or you know something like that but i can't think of it um okay so just just for the audience if this is your first episode uh check out 
Hey, Riddle Riddle. It's a much better podcast than this. But uh, yeah, no, we had Real Abed on and we read an email from uh, Marshall and uh, he, uh, it was a good email as far as I know. Um, I don't remember it very specifically, but I remember it being fine. And then Abed was really <laughs> gunning for a take or something. I don't know. Abed was like, what, what, the, what, what the fuck is up with this guy? Why is he writing an email? <laughs> asking us questions <laughs> and i was like I don't, I don't get what you're talking about man it just seems like a normal email but anyway you know uh i think there's something to the idea that danny pooty might be the realer abed than abed you know like you watch community and man that does feel like a real abed whereas like real abed you know he's underwritten he's inconsistent <laughs> he's he has a lot of plot holes in his backstory. <laughs> he does, does. But no, Abed has, real Abed has the energy of somebody who's experiencing everything around him for the first time, no matter how many times he's done it before. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I think. Well, it, it's total chaos, you know? Like, imagine having a guest on a podcast who's never even heard of a podcast before. That's kind of what you get when you bring Abed on. Yeah. And I mean, this is kind of how TV works in general, whereas it's kind of glamorizing and stuff. But you watch Community and you see real Abed and, and you know, I mean, I guess every once in a while, like, uh, did I say real Abed? You watch yeah. Community and you watch fake Abed and um, every once in a while he's like coming through being like, beat Borp, I need to do the show reference. I'm going to ruin everything. I'm going to smash through several walls. And you're like, God damn it, Abed. But like most of the show, it's like this Abed's great. Like I'd, I'd hang out with this Abed and then, then you deal with real Abed. And it's like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not quite so packaged and polished <laughs> when it's not on community. It's not, it's not written by the incredibly talented Dan Harmon. That's maybe we should get real Abed to get Dan to write him. You know, does that make sense? In fairness though, Abed was on during the writer's strike. So sure. maybe, you know, canonically for him, he could not write his own script while he was on. <laughs> yeah, man. I don't know. I love Abed. I'm sorry, Abed. Uh, no one tell Abed we're talking about him. Uh, I don't know. There was, I think, uh, Abed, before the last time I got him on the show, he apparently thought I hated him or something. Um, and I think it's because every time prior he'd been on the show, it was really strange. <laughs> and I think he uh, must have been like, man, Spencer hates me or something. But I don't hate Abed. I love Abed. Um, I love him more than all of his freaking fake friends that are like nice to his face and pranking him, throwing eggs at him. That's not what friends do. Friends don't throw eggs at each other. I don't know if anyone's thrown eggs at Abed. Um, anyway, let's let's move on. I don't know, man. What the fuck? I just, uh, I usually, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Like, I feel like I used to be kind of like on the pulse of stuff, you know, and know what was going on. You know, the writer strike is kind of ended. Um, it's not like officially ended. We haven't officially ratified the contract as far as I know. I haven't actually even read the entire deal sheet uh, to see what we won. But again, I'm not in the guild anyway, so doesn't really matter um it doesn't matter <laughs> but as, as far as i could tell it's a really really good deal every specific i have seen is like what we were asking for and stuff so hey you know 
there you go. Solidarity wins. Um, SAG's still striking, so I want to kind of now that now that WGA is done, I kind of want to go out to the SAG strike and just you know help support because I've been going by and driving by and seeing them, and it does seem like the numbers have changed a lot, despite the fact that SAG is a much bigger guild than um, WGA. So I don't know. But that's what else has been happening. I guess like there's some Israel-Palestine thing going on now. Uh, and, uh, you know, and Twitter's a great place to talk about it because it's overrun by Nazis who don't know shit about shit. So that's good. Um, I don't know. That's that's all the things I'm aware of right now. I really, Elon Musk has been talking about maybe charging for Twitter, which is so good. I think that would be so good because, you know, he hasn't killed it yet, so come on, like make with the make with the complete death blow already, right? You know, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to use threads more. The thing with threads and blue sky is that uh, uh, I don't know. I'm sure Twitter was like this too, but they're both pretty bad at onboarding because, like, when I first started Twitter, it was so early and Twitter was so different. And like it was not as monolithic as it is now. And so like you'd follow a couple people and then they'd retreat, tweet some people and then you follow some more uh, people and then slowly you kind of build up. Okay. This is what I want my experience to be. But because like you've gone through that process in real time, now moving to blue sky and threads, your, your experience feels way more limited because you can, you can follow a bunch of accounts, but uh they they feel very siloed and 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 parceled off like on blue sky for instance like i want to say basically i follow let's just say 40 people i don't even know if that's true but those 40 people mostly just retweet other other members of those 40 people so like my i'm not like being exposed to new accounts that i want to follow very much if that makes sense. And threads is arguably worse because it has the algorithm on threads, but the algorithm on threads is fucking garbage. And they're like, uh, who here thinks that people should eat food? And it's like, I, I wish you die. I, I want you to die. And so like a lot of the, the junk in the algorithm feed is just the worst kind of shit you could possibly imagine. And, uh, it's like, man, I don't, you know, and also I, they're allegedly like de-emphasizing news, which like that's what I want. It's like I want an app that tells me what the fuck's going on, you know. Um, so it's it's been hard to kind of get a decent experience on those apps for me, at least. I yeah, somebody like, made the comment that it, it feels like we're before when it was just Twitter. Everyone was getting together at the same party every day. And now it's like three small dead parties that we all just keep mingling between but missing each other yeah but it's even more than that because because of this kind of bubbly nature of it each app isn't just one little party where people are missing each other each app is composed of even smaller insular groups of party it's like it's the worst part of the party for me is the late stage party where people have broken off into small groups and are talking quietly and it's awkward it's more awkward to kind of float between them whereas earlier in the party it's a lot more there's a lot more churn and stuff so it's like i don't even know where the people on that app are or what they like who they are and then i i feel i don't know i've always been like a big reposter retweeter etc but uh most other people aren't like that and that's a big way to get exposed to new accounts you know i i don't know i think they think it's like a brand thing they don't want to like 
oh, this is my post. This isn't someone else's post. And it's like, get over your fucking self. That's what the app is. Jesus Christ. Uh, but whatever. Let's let's get another email. Ugh. Russ writes. I'm reading this. No, this is a good email. Uh, Hey, Kevin and the spleen. Love you both and the podcast. As so many others have said, Spencer, listening to you is always a pleasure and like a kindred spirit is airing similar thoughts to my own. Man, I hope that's not uh, what you feel about this podcast because (laughs) these thoughts are garbage. (laughs) Anyway, your pod is incredibly relatable and a cathartic experience. As Jeff would say, thank you. But anyway, fuck Jeff. <laughs> Love to see that your artwork is taking over. As a big Monster Manual fan, it'd be great to hear you carry on some of those old segments like Hell Cruciform or when you come up with a new twist on a classic monster. Are we ever going to hear your thoughts on the whole Royland thing? I appreciate for obvious reasons. You probably shouldn't. Or for a less controversial question, how's Jason doing? Keep happening. I don't know, man. With the Roy- it's like it's so obvious that uh, I don't really know what to say. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to necessarily fuck things up for anybody. If that makes sense. I I don't think there's much I could say that'll make things worse or weirder, but I don't know. The Justin has always been a really weird guy. Um, he can be funny and rando in a, in like a, I don't know, very specific way. I think that's one of the reasons why fans would kind of flock to certain characters he came up with on the show um like i don't think he came up with mr poopy butthole but i think mr poopy butthole is like an example of that kind of very specific kind of roiland style if that makes sense um and maybe he did i can't remember but there's something about that that's like fun and interesting but it, it kind of comes off as like I think it's very authentic, but it comes off as kind of like a shield or whatever, like a way to kind of like interface with the public in like, as opposed to, you know, getting deep or whatever. And, uh, he clearly had a lot of problems whenever I knew him. And I was like, man, this guy needs therapy more than most people have ever needed therapy. Um, it was just the vibe I got. And, but when, when I talked to him and I hope I don't get sued or whatever, but when I talked to him, it was really weird. Um, it could be anything like it could be you ask him a question about something or you uh like a question about something creative or you ask him like what his how he's doing or what did he do over the weekend and this this is going to sound exaggerated so like uh, it's kind of hard to really put a fine point on this but uh but this is kind of the vibe you get or you just ask like hey what kind of coffee do you want or something and there's this quality of his response feeling like when you're talking to a really young child and what you're saying just doesn't go into their head like the kid might respond to you but the response is just like whatever they were thinking about it has nothing to do with like it was like talking to a baby if that makes sense where it's just like either you 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 like they might think or whatever but then when they respond it's like I don't think he heard me like I don't think anything I said like entered his head like it, it felt like if it wasn't like already something that was his idea um it, it, it wasn't something like he was going to take on intellectually if that makes sense which again I don't mean this is a dire insult or whatever but um when someone seems to really need therapy and then has that response to new information or ideas 
it just nothing sinks in like that it's like man this is just a tragedy and i do not want to deal with this you know it's like you can't you can't really invo- emotionally invest yourself in someone like that because they need help and they're clearly not going to get it and there's not really any way you can connect those dots for that person you know um so that's kind of i don't know that's kind of my personal take which is not digging into any of the controversy or whatever but hey i don't want to get sued and i'm worried about getting sued for saying this and uh i don't know what do you want me to say like (laughs) one time i saw his phone and there was things like i don't fuck i don't have any gossip or anything you know uh anyway okay so sorry about all that but uh okay so kevin on mass on monster manual we would have a segment called Helga Cruciform, and we used to play music for it. Do you have any music like bed music? Didn't we have that hold music? You probably don't have access to your musical cues here, do you? I am not at my normal yeah. computer right now, um, yeah. but I do have, it's called Please Stand By from Jastanon. Oh, that's what I was hoping you had, yeah. Can, okay. you, can you get that as like maybe lower lower audio? Yes. Man, Please Stand By is so fucking good. Thanks, Gasnod, for the music. We gotta get money so we can give it to Gasnod. Oh, I just love this. I really love it. I don't know why. There's something about it that, like, he sent it to us, right? Yeah. And it was supposed to be like hold music, like it almost sounds like it's from something. Like he didn't come up with it, which is not implying anything um but there's just a quality to it where when i first listening to it, it's like yes no this is it this is it is it really is it's perfect i don't know does that make sense it just it's exactly what it is um but okay so on helga cruciform kevin uh one of the things about dming is sometimes you don't have an npc name you go like a guy comes up to you and says hey what are you doing and they're like what's your name and you're like oh i did not come up with a name for this npc so helga cruciform was a segment where me and my co-host cohen would trade off just kind of riffing names does that make sense yep so so we kind of throw it back and back and forth um and so i'll start with the first name gordon the white and now you go all right um uh William the Vanquisher Haroldine the Herald Queen Oh, I like that one. There's, there's <laughs> a lot of backstory behind that. Exactly. And that's what Cohen used to do because uh he was trying to fill time to come up with a new name. Um uh Minos the Unyielding Squelchy Pete That was good, by the way. Minos was really good. Um, I knew a guy named that, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that was 700 years ago, right? <laughs> yes, yes, it was. <laughs> um, uh, Dr. Quelch. Oh, man. Um, double P. Double P. All right, all right. Like W, you know? Oh, oh, okay. There should be okay. more double letters. Like, why is it only double U, you know? Yeah. Um. Uh. This song's so fucking good. <laughs> Cowboy John. All right. Uh. 
David Thomas. Well, the song's over. Well, that was great. Thomas, that's basically. Well, that's Dave Thomas. I'm thinking of David Thomas. Oh, they had confused All guys. Uh, yeah, man, that song's so good. But that's basically what Helga Cruciform was, except I would use my pocket operator to to play like a little loop and it would be like helga it was like on loop it was cool i really missed that loop actually i wonder if i have it on my computer anyway uh, let's we gotta at least do a couple more of these uh lilith writes i'm 17 and i just trans uh, transitioned from male to female hey congratulations i've been for a forever dm for around eight years since you were nine wow and the thing I struggle with most is taking notes and writing out sessions. I usually end up improvising it all very poorly with some loose ideas in my head. Do you have any tips or suggestions for bad DMs on how to write a campaign? My dad recently got, or my dad got me into Harmontown when I was about 10, and I'm now on my third listen through, and I've been really enjoying that happens. My family recently played through the Jungle of Wayward Wilds campaign available on the sixler.itch.io with my dad dming and it was pretty awesome you've been a huge inspiration i love everything spencer related thanks for all you do lilith thanks so much lilith um i mean i've said this a bunch it's maybe not great advice or the advice people want to hear but um the lazy dungeon master is a book by a guy called the sly flourish lazy dungeon master's guide or the lazy dm i think lazy dungeon master just google that um and it, it really does explain exactly how to do this um it's really good he's written some new versions i think the new versions are better um although i have only read the recent version um and he also has some other books and he has a blog that talks about various subjects but i really recommend the book um uh, you, you should buy it. Everyone should pay for stuff. I'm pretty sure if you just Google like PDF or something, you could find it for free though, if you really, uh, need to, but I don't recommend that. I mean, this, this guy is really, he's, he's been helpful for my DMing a lot. Um, although I still kind of do my DMing the way I do it, but basically the, uh, headline of what he talks about is it's really hard to know what to focus on as a dm like what to focus your notes on like do you just come up with really elaborate puzzles and then hope that they get to the puzzles do you come up with really complicated um you know machinations and and secret societies doing all these things and then the gang just gets in the fight at the tavern and doesn't involve themselves in any of that you know there there it could be pretty frustrating to be a dm because you're coming up with stuff that you might not ever encounter unless you're hardcore railroading, which a lot of people don't like railroading and it can feel uncomfortable to try to be railroading, uh, to kind of force your players to do whatever your storyline is. And a lot of times when they feel that the players might actively rebel against the storyline you're trying to railroad them onto. Um, so the basic tenant of the lazy DMs guide, as I recall it, which again, I, uh, you should just read it. You shouldn't listen to me, but, um, it's like you come up with three basic locations. You don't even necessarily see, need maps for the locations, although it'll be helpful to have a couple battle maps that you can use either in the locations or near the locations, or just battle maps that are kind of vague that you can map onto any of the locations. 
because battle maps are a bit more in depth than um just location descriptions you know you could describe a tavern without having a tavern map for instance but if you go to battle it might be better to have a battle map that has tables and a counter and stuff you know um but you, you come up with three locations you come up with three factions um and you make the factions somewhat at odds with each other and then each faction has three major characters so it's three 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 locations factions characters and the factions have goals that are at odds with each other they probably should interact with the locations in some way and then the characters need to have specific motives and stuff and so what that gives you is since the factions and the characters are at odds with one each other uh, at odds with one another in some way um then no matter what your characters do it'll cause ripples through the whole web so let's say i don't know let's say there's a writer's guild and you you come up on a strike and the writer's guilds are at the strike you could decide to help them strike and so you're on their side and then you know uh the other faction the the overlords they could show up and try to break the strike and so now you know because you've taken an action this other group is now taking an action that's putting into conflict with you or maybe your characters don't engage with the strike maybe they're not paying attention to the strike at all maybe they just see a big guy and say hey fuck face what are you doing and fuck face is like hey don't call me that I'm going to kick your ass and so then you have a fight on your hands without having any clue what that faction is doing but because you have a fight on your hands maybe another group witnesses that and says hey man you want a lot of money to scab or something you know and now you're now you're on the side of the second faction because you've just taken a random action against the first faction etc um that's a very bad way to explain it you know who explains it well is the sly flourish in his book the lazy dm please if you listen to that advice and you like that advice please give him money because i i'm coming out i'm like running out of ways to recommend uh people check out the lazy dm's guide it's it's the single best resource i've ever encountered uh for a dm i think the D D books specifically i've said this before but they're like grammatical texts they're like oh i before e except after c here's how you spell a word and here's how you conjugate a verb and then you're like yeah but i'm writing a story what do i write a story about you've told me how to grammatically spell the words in a story but you haven't told me story structure you haven't told me what a good character is etc and so like it gives you all these tools and then you have no philosophical understanding of how to apply those tools which is a really big gap in teaching someone something it's it's really ineffective I think there's other D&D books or not D&D books. There's other RPGs that aren't D&D where the books do a lot better job of kind of giving you that missing philosophical part. But I think everything in the lazy DM is really applicable to almost everything. So instead of going into say fate accelerated core and reading that book to learn about how you should DM and D&D, you might as well just paste life flourish. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's my answer and there's not any other questions there uh, i'm getting kind of maybe we do one more i don't know what, what where are we at for time anyway uh we got oops man 
that song was so good. Castanon's <laughs> so talented. God damn. How do you get he has a bat Bandcamp, right? Like gasnod.bandcamp.com. I don't know. We had about uh, than half an hour left. I gotcha. But yeah, so you you know, I think I think if you pay Gasnod money, he'll make like sound bumpers and stuff for you. Uh, so you should you should seek him out for sure. Um, get him give him money to make some cool music for you. He he actually does a lot of. He's pretty cross disciplined. He can make a lot of different sounds. You know, he's made a lot of different sounds for us, including like. I don't remember if our, our our theme song is like 8-bit. It's kind of 8-bitty, right? The opening theme. He definitely has like a version that's more 8-bit or something if that's not the 8-bit one. But he can do kind of chip y stuff. He did that like heavy metal guitar-driven stuff. Uh, you know, he can do more or like the, the Please Wait music is maybe what I think of when I think of more uh, kind of just FL Studio kind of stuff, you know, just with... with uh, electronic uh instruments and stuff i don't know and if i'm mischaracterizing that i'm sorry but man real talent this is why we're here folks to convince you to give other people your money and speaking of giving other people your money i don't i don't have any ads written down so uh the ads will return next episode hi spencer i'm not reading this one uh this one looks okay uh Willem writes, hi, Spencer. This is Willem from the Netherlands and hopefully not the only international fan you guys have because you truly give out some worldly wisdom and support. I have been listening to you since the dawn of Harmontown and your conversations with Kevin, Jeff, and guests have helped me really keep myself centered and provide enormous joy every week. I had a question you'd, I'd hoped you'd be able to answer or discuss on the pod. Of course, I'm a huge nerd. Think D&D, board games, Magic the Gathering, miniatures, video games, etc. Moreover, though, I am also a post-producer and creative in the film industry here. Back to my question. Aside from Harmon Quest, have you ever noticed that your interests and skills in nerddom have benefited you in the creative processes of the series slash movie industry? Keep up the amazing podcast, and I hope to be able to see and support you any of your future projects. Uh, I mean, you said aside from Harmon Quest, Harmon Quest is really one of the only thing that i've been doing creatively you know like officially uh i think i was always a huge fan of cartoons and um making harman quest i think a lot of that cartoon experience really paid off like we, i could i could talk about cartoons i could reference tropes of cartoons i don't know like they basically I never like I, I didn't think that doing cartoons was ever in the cards for me. But when I was doing Harmon Quest, it was like, oh, all of this like knowledge from my past just kind of kept coming up, and it's like, oh, this is such great applicable experience. But you said aside from Harmon Quest, I mean, I'm trying to come up with new ideas and stuff. Most of them are animated, um, and I think it's the same thing. Although, I don't know. It's it's just like when when Dan talks about movies and stuff, he uses a lot of movie references and TV references, and Schraub does this too, especially visuals for Schraub because he's a director, so he's thinking about shots and frames and stuff. Um, and I kind of do that with cartoons to a lesser extent, but I'm not super well versed in like live action stuff. Um, and I think so that's like a big hole in what I do. So I just kind of have to lean on cartoon knowledge instead which isn't as good honestly cartoons are kind of derivative of film and movies so it'd be better to just actually have seen the original sources rather than these kind of watered down tropey takes on them but i don't know you know 
Uh, that's really all I got. I think, I don't know. I, I think like most of my experience probably comes from like working for Dan and stuff, listening to the writer's room. And uh, I think that that's given me a really good grasp of like story structure in a way that cartoons, cartoons are often like either they copy a story structure from like a TV or movie they're parodying or, um, they just have really bad structure a lot of times. So I don't think I learned very much of that other than maybe anime. Cause I think anime has uh, pretty interesting structures. Although those structures are like, it's all serialized. Is that the word or is it not serialized? Whatever. Um, but you know, they have like longer form storytelling that's starting to be in vogue now, but it used to be really unpopular in Western stuff to, to be kind of this longer form story told across several episodes. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. We, well, let's let's try the soda. I guess we should have tried the soda earlier. This thing is sweating. What do we have today? Y3000 by Coca-Cola Creations. Futuristic flavor. It was de- co-created with artificial intelligence, which I think I looked it up, and it doesn't really mean what it sounds like. It's not like they're like, hey, AI, come up with a flavor of Coke. But that's that's kind of the marketing they're going with i don't know what about you kevin what do you think first impressions it 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 sounds like a gimmick i've been wanting to try this for a while but i can't imagine for one that artificial intelligence is going to mean anything in creating flavors that's too abstract of a topic for it i think yeah we would have easily thought of ourselves or come up with something absolutely repulsive but i'm right exactly Go ahead. I'm just, I'm curious to try it. You know, I, I want to see what it tastes like, but I'm, I don't have high hopes for this. Yeah. We're, I'm not good at podcasting anymore. I'm here only two weeks and my skills have completely atrophied. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I asked ChatGPT the other day. I was like, come up with a menu for a restaurant, like a five course meal for a restaurant where the restaurant con- concept is ChatGPT restaurant, you know? And it came, hold on, let me fucking, I actually have this. It is so stupid. ChatGPT has been nerfed, dude. Have you noticed this? Yeah. I mean, it's getting better in some places, but it's getting dumber in others. It's getting dumber in all the ways that were interesting and vaguely exciting at the very onset. You know, it's, it's very depressing to me, which whatever it's, it's, I guess it's better for reality and society that, uh, I mean, I think we were enjoying it a lot initially because it was just so hilariously bad. Like it was in that uncanny valley almost, though, of like being human enough, like, but just wrong about everything that it was hysterical. And now it's to the point that it's like it's so good that most of the time it's just it's boring for the fun we were trying to have with it, but not good enough to actually use. But yeah, but that's the thing is like a lot of the things that have gotten better, it's kind of presentation has gotten better, but the actual core like the brain of it is like tuned down so it's like it feels less creative less capable of answering uh the tasks that it could do i don't know it's weird it's really weird how it's changed over time anyway so uh i i asked it what did i ask come up with a menu of a five course meal for a restaurant concepts uh, that's a fine dining experience invented by chat gpt to showcase the brilliance of ai And it writes, welcome to the AI gastronomy experience where the brilliance of AI meets fine dining. Here's a five course meal designed to showcase the capabilities of chat GPT. 
appetizer linguistic symphony a delicate blend of wordplay and flavors featuring a trio of amuse bouches representing di different languages and cultures soup neural net consomme a rich clear broth infused with the essence of diverse ingredients demonstrating the ability of ai to distill information and generate precise insights you see like it's like writing a, like a fucking poem or something like what the fuck like uh, i i uh, well, well data sorbet uh virtual delight is and it says at the very end note this menu is conceptual and intended to highlight the capabilities of ai the actual dishes may vary based on the chef's interpretation and creativity so like i don't know i feel like the old chat gpt would actually just shit out like a menu you know not like pull whatever the fuck this is and then i said like i said that's funny but i meant like for a literal restaurant with real food and then it just like came like a fucking basic ass. It was like seared salad with citrus foam, truffle mushroom volute, um, herb crusted rack of lamb, lemon sorbet, chocolate lava cake with raspberry coulis, which I don't know. You could have that at a restaurant, but I wouldn't want to get any of this stuff at a restaurant. Like it all feels very basic. I'm sure it would come out good if it was cooked well or whatever, but none of that really excites me in any way. It doesn't feel creative or interesting in any way. I don't even know if the dishes would come together. <sighs> we got to try the soda. Sorry. So, you know, all of this is to say, I'm sure the chat GPT was like, what if you made a soda that was very cool and interesting? And they're like, great. I guess, I guess we'll just go back to our normal development team. <laughs> so I'm smelling it. I want to say it smells kind of gingery. There's a lot of spice, maybe cinnamon, <sighs> maybe pepper. But I, there's like a really strong spice flavor that smells different. Do you want to take the first sip or you want me to go for it? Um, you go first. I'm, I'm still sniffing. I'm trying to place what the smell is. It just it, it's know. spicy though, right? It's something spice. It's Scary almost like a, spice or a cardamom or yeah, I could see cardamom and it's sweet too. There's a sweet smell off of it. What a yeah, well, that's the thing. It just it smells sickeningly sweet without even yeah. tasting. Okay, Spencer's trying it. Hmm. so yeah no the spice note is really top like that's kind of the first thing that hits you is the sweetness and the spice and it's like what the fuck is this spice it's not a good flavor and it feels like it's the kind of flavor that would want to accompany a lot of other flavors you know like it's not it shouldn't be the main body of a flavor it, i hesitate to say it's like cinnamon soda almost or something and it's like you wouldn't make a fucking cinnamon soda that would be insane that would be like some Lester's fixing that shit. Yeah, okay, Spencer's just sipping it again. He just doesn't look pleased. Almost in pain. Yeah. I want to say there's like some anise notes to it, kind of like a licorice. Okay. Which again is like, if a Chad GPT was like, hey, you should make a licorice soda, a black licorice soda, I'd say like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> like are you really like made uh, is this opinions that you're kind of copying and collating like because that's not what anyone wants it's fucking licorice soda i don't know you want to give it a taste right, let me see here kevin sipping oh boy he looks hot kevin looks hot as hell dude check out the podcast that happens pod.com to see how hot kevin is uh, i mean it's it's an unplaceable flavor i think at least for me it's yeah. not I would call pleasant. I mean, it's not, I don't hate it, but it's just, it just Coke, but worse. 
I wish it was more cokey though. Like it feels like the coke is really muted compared to like I want to see how much phosphoric acid this shit has. Okay, phosphoric acid is a really low on the play- flavor profile. It's actually the last ingredient behind or ahead of caffeine. So phosphoric acid is usually one of the prime flavors of coke. Uh, one of the the main ingredients. So it's not you know it doesn't have that burn to it like coke does. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it, it feels like they've added kind of like some either bitter or strong spices like you know just not it doesn't taste like this but like imagine a, a cumin flavored soda that you have to top yeah. that by adding a whole bunch of sweetness to cover it up because otherwise it would be just repulsive yeah that's the thing it is like it's spices of some sort i i want to say there's ginger in here but it's ginger needs like sour like you need some sort of like lime juice or something to go with ginger and it doesn't have that I think there's cinnamon, but again, there's not a body for the cinnamon. You don't just have something that's cinnamon flavored. You have cinnamon apple, you have cinnamon honey or something, you know, like cinnamon brings complexity to a, a strong, but often overpowering, maybe cloying, maybe fatty or rich flavor. It doesn't really hold together on its own. I'm getting like vague fruity notes that are like tropical fruit. Maybe I don't think it's banana, but maybe a little bit banana y. They recently, I don't think we even tried that. Did we try the ultimate XP flavored Coke that tastes like banana Coke? I, I've tried it, but I don't think we tried it on the show. Yeah, it just tastes like banana Coke. I, there's not much to say about it, you know? It's no or uh, mango Pepsi for sure. I don't know, man. I'm not liking this. I think it's very bad. And I like AI, so it's sad uh, that it sucks. It's just more evidence of chat gpt being nerfed and some such i don't know that's my last taste i'm not trying any more of this yeah i've been I'm trying not- to not drink soda i've been uh drinking replenish zero the 7-eleven brand gatorade uh how does that compare to rate i don't like regular gatorade that much um but something about replenish zero it doesn't really have a lot of uh it doesn't have sugar or anything or whatever it has very little it's like the whole bottle is supposed to be like 10 calories or whatever and it's like 28 ounces um i think it's sweet enough it has citric acid so it's usually pretty tangy but something about it really works in a way that diet soda typically doesn't for me and i'm happy to be drinking it i'm, I'm glad like there's one day where i tried pe- powerade zero and it tastes a lot like powerade zero um, but Powerade Zero doesn't show up in stores anymore, and so I'm glad Replenish. And it was actually, it got replaced with Replenish Zero. Like, I wonder if it's, like, literally just rebranded or something, because you used to be able to find Powerade Zero at 7-Eleven, and then it stopped, and in its place, they were putting Replenish Zero. But I don't know. For whatever reason, Gatorade with zero sugars or whatever, you know, the diet Gatorade or something, I think tastes like ass. It tastes like fucking nothing. Whereas these, I think the flavor of, you know, the fruit or whatever comes through pretty well. Um I don't know. This sucks. This sucks. This whole thing sucks. Then we fucking have fucking Coke Y2K, Y3K. Jesus Christ. Uh, should we just end the show early? I don't know. I'm kind of out. Well, actually, before we end it, I had a surprise for you. I, I've never uh, tried this, but I have a segment that we're going to try to do right now. Kevin, you got to run this shit by me. We can't, you can't be springing me this shit stuff on me all the time okay i figured for one time i'm gonna do this to you okay that's my bit that's what i do is i fuck you up i make you struggle you don't make me struggle i struggle enough in my everyday life (laughs) 
Uh, whatever, whatever, uh, right. whatever. Let's let's do this. You're gonna. What? <laughs> Before the show, I have asked ChatGPT to write questions in the style of "Who wants to be a millionaire?" Okay, um, and it. I, I asked him to <laughs> write it about a, a topic that I know you're passionate about, which is Mountain Dew. Okay. Okay. We're gonna play okay. "Who wants to be a millionaire?" Um, we have two lifelines. Um, you can either do 50-50, you know, we remove the incorrect answers, or we can ask Discord, okay? Okay. Um, they're increasingly difficult questions, but there's one twist that ChatGPT added on its own because it wasn't generating questions that were great. So I kept telling it, no, go back, those aren't, these are too easy. Like, you know, the, the million dollar question has to be harder. Um, the problem is that when I, I pushed it hard enough, it started just making things up. Okay, so not only do you have to answer chat GPT-based Mountain Dew questions, at some point, the questions turn into just totally made-up nonsense. So you have to guess what chat GPT is going to ask you and what answer it's going to make up. Okay, I, I take back everything I said. You you, you got to do something like this every week, I think. This is this Does that make sense? You know, like, like at, at some point, the questions become just made-up nonsense, and you have to guess what chat GPT's answer is. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but I understand it, if that makes sense. Um, I also asked it what to do. I want to make it so that we don't stop late. Like, does when you get a question wrong. So I asked it for what good punishments or rewards should be. So it told me that if you did not like the drink that we just tried, every question you get wrong, you have to have another sip of. So ChatGPT doesn't even like the soda it came up with? Apparently not. I guess maybe it didn't know that we were drinking the, its its own idea. Yeah. Um, hey, are you ready? Okay. Oh, I'm ready. All right, let's do this. Um, I'm so ready. I feel like we should have done this earlier. We're going to have to race through this. God damn it. This is so good. Holy shit. This music. It was you know, Gaston wrote all this music. <laughs> all right. All right, question one. God. Mountain Dew is primarily known as a type of A, two, smartphone, B, soft drink, or D, musical instrument. Uh, whatever the soft drink one was. What what one was that? Was that B or C? That's that is correct. Um, yeah, popular carbonated soft drink that was created in the 1940s. Oh right. man. Question two for two hundred dollars. What color is a traditional Mountain Dew drink? Red, green, blue, or clear? Oh man, green. That's also correct. Do you have the commercial music or like the kind of like take a break or whatever? Um, I, I do, but I don't have it. Okay, got it, got it. Okay. Um, question three. Mountain Dew was originally formulated as a mixer for which alcoholic beverage? Vodka, rum, whiskey, or tequila? Whiskey. People, I, I bore people with this detail, and they're like, what? There's no way that's true. And I'm like, it's the one thing I know is that it was made for as a whiskey mixer. That is also correct. All right, question four for $500. 
which company owns Mountain Dew? Coca-Cola, Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper Snapple, or Nestle? Oh, I think it's Snapple. No, it's Pepsi. That is correct. Mountain Snapple Dew. Snapple owns Pepsi, right? Snapple owns Dr. Pepper. Oh. What? Okay. Okay. Question five. Now, this is the $1,000 question. So if you get this right, you keep your $1,000. If you get it wrong, you lose everything. Okay. Is that how it works? But there's, there's, there's steps where when you get that, if you're locking that, that, that money in. Uh, okay. Okay. Question five. Which of the following is not a Mountain Dew flavor variant? Code red, pitch black, crystal clear, or Baja Blast? Oh man, this one's so easy. It's Baja Blast. Lock it in. No, I'm kidding. It's crystal clear. Final answer. <laughs> oh not man. Many flavor variants over the years. Crystal clear is just not one of them. That man, these these music stings are so good. Okay, they, they, this improves now. Okay, so are you ready for freshman six? Where we get harder now at this point? Sure, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I spent so much time on this. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right. See how it gets it gets spooky now. Yeah. What decade? Mountain Dew introduced the Do the Dew campaign. The 90s, the 2000s, or the 2010? Fuck. I, I'm gonna go with 2000s. I, the 90s sounds right, but... No! Oh, it was the 90s. Oh. God it's damn it. A, gotta take a sip. I don't think of myself as being sentient in the 90s, so... But, I don't know. Oh, Yeah, it tastes like lost jobs. All right. What the fuck is this flavor? Ask uh, we gotta ask Chappy GPT. Cheat GPT is what I like to call it. Uh, what flavor it is? All right. Question seven. God what damn it! Was primarily fe prominently featured early Mountain Dew commercial. Was it a lion, a beetle, a bear? Or a hillbilly? A lion, an eagle, a bear, or a hillbilly? Uh. A hillbilly. Okay, is that your final answer? We have to lock them in now. Lock it in. All right. No. Wait. No. That's the, that's the dramatic music. Oh, wait. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Ah, yeah! Early Mountain Dew advertised. Early the Hillbilly. What can you You're cutting in about just for a little bit audio-wise, just so you know. Okay. Let me see if I can improve that a little bit. Yeah, there's not too much to do about it, I don't think. But, man, this music's so good. No wonder this show was on the air for so long. It's, it's like all in the back of the music. Now, I didn't do this, actually, but in the real version of it, every question that it goes up, half a step in the pitch to add tension and all this um mm -hmm. i got lazy and only set up one of each one but um 
it, it actually surprisingly works really well to build. The people who made this were just geniuses. Yeah. All right. Question eight. <laughs> Which Mountain Dew flavor was exclusively introduced in Taco Bell restaurants? Was it Solar Flare? Come on. Come Baja on. Blast, Supernova, or Typhoon? Baja Blast. Lock it in. Lock the gates. Boomer lives. Who got that right? Of course I did. Baja That's so much harder than do the do or hillbilly. Or easier, I meant. Jesus Christ. Go ahead. Baja Blast was created exclusively for Taco Bell restaurants in 2004, but has since been sold in stores. Yeah. Yeah, right. it has. Question nine. This would be for $6,000. Which ingredient in Mountain Dew has been the subject of urban legends and misconceptions about its use in antifreeze? Is it A, citric acid, B, caffeine, C, tartrazine, or D, brominated vegetable oil? I think D, brominated vegetable oil. That's your final answer? Do you want to ask the chat? Do you want to... Well, we get to keep going, right? Because I just had to drink this so soda. Save your lifelines if you want. Oh, I'll save that. One of the lifelines should be me burping. No, lock it in. BVO. All right. Oh, God. It was Ted. Oh, yeah. There is a myth that BVO, which is used to Mountain Dew to keep the flavor evenly distributed, is also a main ingredient in antifreeze. But in reality, BVO is used in some flame retardants, but not in antifreeze. Yeah, and it's not good for you. And they don't, I don't think they have it in there anymore as of way too late. Like, I've probably been drinking a lot of BVO uh, and Mountain Dew, uh, which I shouldn't have done. But hey. All right. Yeah. So we're going up to this level here. How many questions are left? Just so I know how fast to. Question 10 of 15. We're on right Oh, now. great. Okay. This is great. This is perfect. All right. Question 10. $32,000. And this is where you locked it in again. So if you get this right, you lock in $32,000. If not, you lose everything. Oh, nice. Which of these countries banned Mountain Dew because of the video content? A, USA, Canada, B, Japan, or D, India? I'm pretty sure Canada did ban it. I'm pretty sure India did ban it. I want to say Japan banned it too. Not just and we know because of the, the let's say again because of the BVO. So Canada, Canada had problems with Mountain Dew because of the caffeinated content of it. Because for some reason, some countries are like, if it's caffeinated, it has to be brown. You can't have a yellow soda with caffeine. So let's rule out Canada. Japan feels right, but I just want to go with India. And of course, we know that ChatGPT could just be bullshitting answers at this point. So. Uh, Let's just go with India. I don't know. India feels right. Lock it in. C was India. No, D was India. Ready? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 Ban Mountain Dude. Vegetable content, a controversial ingredient. Yeah. I read that on Wikipedia somewhere at some point while doing this podcast. All right. Ready for next question? Yeah, of course. 11. What year Mountain Dew launched its Game Fuel variant, promoted in connection with video games? 
A, 2004. B, 2007. C, 2010. Or D, 2012. So it's 4, 7, 10, or 12. I think it's B. I think it's 2007. It's possible it was 2004. No, uh, I, I'm almost certain it came out when I was working at Borders, and I didn't work at Borders until I was like out of high school or just out of high school. So yeah, let's. It could have been 2004. Let's just go with 2007. 2007. That's your final answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mountain Dew Game Field was introduced in 2007 in the game Halo 3. Yeah, Master Chief. That was like one of the best flavors of Game Field, too. They made other ones that I don't think tasted as good. And I had a lot of borders. Oh, man. Me and my friend Ivan, we used to talk about novelty sodas a lot. It was great. Man, this is making me feel pretty smart. I got to say, uh, you know, I know it's all stupid, but uh, huh? I feel pretty good at the worst thing to be smart about <laughs> like this couldn't possibly matter less uh whatever all right question 12. in the mid 2000s mountain dew ran a promotion where fans could vote for a new permanent flavor which flavor won this competition a supernova b voltage b revolution or d typhoon I thought you were going to say, like, Hitler was right or whatever. Didn't that win one of the Mountain Dew competitions? Pretty sure it was Voltage. Voltage. Final answer. Yeah, final answer. Lock it in. Hey! Promotion known as Dumac allowed fans to sample and vote on potential new flavors. Got on top and was added as a permanent flavor to the Mountain Dew lineup. That was also, I actually liked, I don't remember what it was called. Maybe it was Typhoon. No, it was Whiteout. I guess Whiteout was a different year. But Voltage was definitely my pick. I thought Voltage was the best. And I get it sometimes. We had Maura Quint on, and she liked the Voltage as well. All right. Question 13. This would be for $250,000. In a partnership Whoa. with the video industry, Mountain Dew released a flavor named after which iconic game character? A. Mario B. Master Chief B. Kratos D. Sonic the Hedgehog You said in a partnership with what? In a partnership with the video game industry Oh, got it, yeah um, For which I kind yeah, of care Master Chief, right? I feel like ChatGPT is going to say it was Mario for some reason <laughs> But let's just go with Master Chief. Okay, is that your final answer? It's going to have to be, I'm afraid. Uh, was it Kratos? No, well, actually, so you, you both were sort of wrong. Uh -huh. um, the question was, it was named after what character? And there was nothing named after Master Chief either. There's nothing uh, named after any of these. Right. Was Where it Mario? Mountain Dew released a flavor called Sonic Sour as a nod to Sonic oh. the Head. Damn. Yeah, that's pretty smart. I should have guessed that. Uh, that would be fucking good, dude. A Sonic Sour Mountain Dew? I'd be so down with that. Yeah. Okay, I gotta drink this fucking horse right. shit. Got two questions left. 
you'll have both lifelines too, so feel free to use those if you need to. Mm -hmm. Question 14 for $500,000. What unique bottle design feature was introduced with Mountain Dew's Dew Shine variant? A, a square bottle. B, a glow-in-the-dark label. A transparent label. Or D, a clear glass bottle with a vintage look. Uh, can we do 50-50 on this one? All right. Uh, your choices are square bottle or clear glass bottle with a vintage look. I think I gotta go with D, a clear glass bottle with a vintage look. This is not true, I don't think. Yeah, there we go. But that was not It completely made this up. Shine was a Mountain Dew variant that was packaged in clear glass bottles with a vintage appearance, reminiscent of its moonshine origins. Yeah, I was like, I definitely would have heard of Dewshine. Although that's a good, it's a, like that's a good enough idea. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they do something like that. But I just was pretty sure they didn't do that. Okay, last question. This is for $1 million, Spencer. Mm -hmm. As much time as you need. And remember, you can always ask chat, too. Yeah. Mountain Dew once released a special edition flavor in Japan that was flavored like a famous American breakfast item. What was this flavor? A. Bacon. B. Pancake syrup. C. Cereal milk or D, Cheetos? Uh, I'd like to phone the audience. All right. So, audience. Discord. We have to kill a few seconds here because they're behind us a little bit. Um, let us know in, in the channel, if you're watching this live, what you think Spencer should vote for. Is it A, bacon, B, pancake syrup, C, cereal milk, or D, Cheetos. Oh, this is like ask the audience. I was thinking this was more like phone a friend because I wanted to phone the friends that was the audience and say, hey, audience, I'm about to win a million dollars because I know the answer. Remember when that one guy did that? That was, <laughs> was, like, that was pretty good. I, I, I was OK. We're getting some. I'm uh, just locking it in bacon. I'm locking in bacon. I honestly, all of these answers seem reasonable, so but um, all right. So uh, I'm gonna Are you tabulating the audience's score? Uh, we actually have one vote for each. <laughs> Great. Fuck you guys. Uh, good luck with that, everybody. Um, so, yeah. Bacon. Uh, bacon. You, you, you're going for bacon. Are you sure that's the answer you want? It feels like a chat GPT answer, assuming this isn't a real question. Yeah, no, this does um, not actually happen. Yeah. What was the last one? Cheetos. So it was bacon, pancake syrup, cereal milk, or Cheetos. Thing about Cheetos is they did do flame and hot, which is like Cheetos. But honestly, cereal milk just sounds vile. But the other three seem like solid answers, especially for Japan and especially for ChatGPT. But bacon just feels like the most. The okay. Most. Is that that's your final answer? My final answer and my final offer. No. And after my hubris. In, in 2009, Mountain Dew released a flavor called pancake syrup in Japan 
as a limited edition offering. Is that fake too? That was all completely made up. Yeah. God damn it. So anyway, my hubris. And, um, it did actually better than I thought this was going to go. Yeah, that was great, man. Oh boy. And that's that's our show, everybody. I guess. Um, I went that well. Wow, we did. Yeah. Yeah, I've been going to the the EDMR, EMDR therapy, and I wanted to talk a little bit about more, uh, but maybe we can talk about that next week or something. I don't have too much to say about it, honestly, but uh, it's been going good if you're curious. Um, what else? We still we still want to put the Patreon names on the oh, end of the show. This. What? I can do that for this episode. Oh, wow. So I guess we're starting that now. Yeah. Um, so thank you to our patrons. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll read them out loud or something at some point. That could be real fun. You know, yeah. we're, we're figuring this out. Give me money. Jesus Christ. Join Spencer's page. I'm a member. You know, it's it's know. well worth it. You you have to have it's a little bit of Spencer's private life. Yeah. Kevin's being nice, you guys. It's not It's not worth it. I feel really bad about it. I feel like Jeff when Jeff wasn't doing anything for his Patreon. But, hey, whatever. What else? I think that's it. Um, yeah, I don't know. What's next on the thing? It looks like video video apocalypse is up next, huh? Apocalypse, and then the Cali Kazoo show, and then Aaron Pierce and Kate Freund have a new show called Action Explosion at 8 p.m. Pacific tonight that we're airing. Man, I fucking love Aaron Pierce and Kate Freund. I hope this is a great show. You gotta stay tuned, folks. Don't touch that dial. You know how we all have computers with big dials on them. Uh, yeah. We have any thought, final thoughts? Uh, no. Watch us on shoponvideo.com on Sundays and join Spencer's Patreon and have a good week, everybody. Yeah, we like to end the show the same way we do every week. So until next time, it's time for Kevin's final thoughts. <laughs> Spencer, we love you. Remember that. Thank you. Bye, folks.